0: Here First is sponsored by UCS Healthcare, offering compassionate healthcare for all. Learn more about their services, including statewide access to medication-assisted treatment for alcohol and opioid use disorders, at ucsonline.org. Today is Friday. It is
1: the 6th of October. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. The head of Iowa's Racing and Gaming Commission says the sports betting scandal among athletes at Iowa State and the University of Iowa has not turned up any attempts to fix games. Brian O'Rilko said at the commission meeting in Sioux City yesterday they don't believe the integrity of sports betting has been compromised. We've reviewed
0: a lot of the information that has been presented from, from DCI and then through independent sources that, that we look at when we're reviewing markets. And so we feel that the markets are safe. The
1: charges brought against the college athletes all involved underage sports betting or trying to hide underage sports betting. Ohio State University's year-long commemoration of Jack Trice wraps up this weekend in Ames. Toya Younger chaired the committee that put together the celebration of the school's first black athlete. She says they learned quickly that people don't really know Trice's legacy.
0: They knew that was the name of our stadium, but they didn't know who he was. And so we've really used this time as an opportunity to share his story, to celebrate his life and the legacy that he leaves behind.
1: Trice died 100 years ago from injuries he got playing in his first football game for the Cyclones. The events this year focused on his legacy of breaking barriers, including a large sculpture near the football stadium that you can walk through. Marshalltown is planning to install a free public Narcan dispenser. IPR's Grant Leo Winterer reports the box is a huge step in the city's ongoing
0: opioid awareness campaign. The Narcan dispenser will arrive on Wednesday. The city and its Youth and Shelter Services branch hope that free public access to the overdose-reversing drug will complement its existing community policing initiatives. YSS Director of Community Engagement for Marshall County David Hicks explains. It just fits in really well with just a preventive approach we're taking to this unique type of community policing, but also this intervention for opioid overdose. YSS has embedded two social workers within Marshalltown's police force and has brought on a dedicated addiction counselor. The free Narcan dispenser will be only the eighth in the state.
1: A group that studies farmland values in Iowa says that value has declined a bit this year. Elliot Seifert is, is with the Iowa Realtors Land Institute. He says farmland values are down about two percent over the last six months in Iowa, mainly because of lower quality ground. Your really high quality ground is still bringing good money, with uh, medium and low quality might, you know, most of them are still bringing about the same, but there might be a little bit of variability depending on your location. He says the biggest headwind farmers are facing is interest rates. They've risen and taken away a little bit of the buying power for land buyers. Indigenous Peoples Day is Monday, as IPR Sheila Brummer reports, activists in the Native American community want that holiday to permanently replace Columbus Day on the calendar. Native American advocate Tricia Rivers of the
0: Great Plains Action Society calls Columbus Day problematic, and she recognizes Indigenous Peoples Day on the second Monday in October instead.
1: The importance of Indigenous Peoples Day is that we still are here after all of the atrocities that we have
0: survived through as a people. Rivers, who is based in Sioux City, is a member of the Ho-Chunk Nation. She says Columbus Day perpetuates a false narrative and marks the beginning of the genocide of Native people. Indigenous Peoples Day was recognized by Iowa's governor five years ago. However, it along with Columbus Day are not official state holidays.
1: A man who was found with a dead body in a stalled car in Interstate 80 in Powishik County is now charged with murder. The Iowa State Patrol found 23 year old Jihad Gassaway trying to restart his car along I-80 Tuesday near Grinnell. Troopers also found the body of a man inside, covered by clothing. He appeared to have been shot. An autopsy identified that body as 26-year-old Kemp Harriel and determined he died from two gunshot wounds to the chest. Gassaway had been initially charged with abuse of a corpse. It's here first from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland.
0: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.
1: In an effort to capture carbon dioxide from ethanol plants across the Midwest, three companies are proposing new pipelines to carry CO2. Those projects would carve paths mostly through farmland and past small towns. Iowa Public Radio's Grant Gerlach explains why that
0: raises safety concerns for rural first responders. Rows of corn ripened from green to gold along the gravel road that leads from Andy Alexander's home to the city limits of Fremont, a small town of 700 in southern Iowa. When Alexander came back to live in his grandparents' farmhouse a few years ago, he knew he was moving in next to the Dakota Access oil pipeline. It chugs away under a cornfield about an eighth of a mile from his doorstep. Then he learned another pipeline could go right next to it.
1: They're proposing that they put a carbon dioxide pipeline running parallel to the oil pipeline that's currently here.
0: A 1,300-mile pipeline proposed by Navigator CO2 Ventures would cut right between Alexander's house and the town of Fremont. Alexander says he's actually more afraid of a release of carbon dioxide than he is an oil spill. He imagines an invisible cloud of CO2 drifting close to the ground, displacing oxygen along the way. Depending on the weather, it could spread uh, you know,
1: all the way through town.
0: The 43-year-old is one of the youngest members of Fremont's small volunteer fire department. Alexander wonders how he'd reach people at the elementary school half a mile away.
1: You, know, you can see the top of a school bus right there from where we're at. It kind of puts it in perspective how close this is, and it's very flat land, so the CO2 could travel very quickly.
0: His worst fears actually came to life three years ago in an accident hundreds of miles away. The village of Satarsha, Mississippi, was overcome with carbon dioxide on a February night in 2020. Yes, yeah, the county number one. My friend, she's laying on the ground. She's kind of drooling out of the mouth. I don't know if she's having a seizure or not. Okay, what kind of vehicle are you in? First responders, mostly volunteers, evacuated 200 people after the Denbury Gulf Coast pipeline was severed. It released a plume of CO2 and hydrogen sulfide. Yazoo County Emergency Management Director Jack Willingham says firefighters had air tanks, but he recalls a police deputy who didn't.
1: Every time he goes in and gets a victim out, his his breath gets shorter. And shorter and shorter. And it's like I'm going to hear my friend die on the radio right then until I ordered some other first responder, hey, go go get him, pull him out of there and don't let him back in.
0: No one was killed, but 45 people were taken to the hospital. Satarsha has become shorthand for the fears that people in towns like Fremont have about pipeline safety. Many local responders say they lack the people and resources to face such a disaster themselves. But the companies behind the pipeline project say it's unfair to compare them to Denbury Gulf Coast. The Satarsha incident, as unfortunate as it was, um, was really a violation by Denbury. Jimmy Powell is the chief operating officer of Summit Carbon Solutions, another company proposing a CO2 pipeline in the Midwest. At a recent hearing before the Iowa Utilities Board, Powell said federal law requires companies to work with local responders, and federal regulators plan to propose new rules early next year to improve emergency preparedness. Additionally, Powell says Summit will supply communities along the route with emergency equipment. Anything that they need that makes sense that would be necessary for a CO2 response, worst-case scenario, we will provide Navigator, which proposes a line from Iowa into Illinois, has also pledged to equip local agencies. Phil McCarty is the emergency director for Morgan County, Illinois. He has a list of things he expects Navigator to buy, including drones and CO2 monitors.
1: I want to take control of making sure my responders have what they need to respond. That is what I'm going to focus on, and I won't let up until we get that.
0: McCarty says after sitarsha, pipeline companies and emergency officials know what can happen. The least they can do is be prepared. I'm Grant Gerlach, IPR News.
1: Grant produced this story for Harvest Public Media, a collaboration of stations in the Midwest and the Great Plains covering food systems, agriculture, and rural issues. And that's here first from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Have a great weekend.